an instant classic on Monday Night Football. That and the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. A little bit of talk maybe about the AFC as a whole here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL podcast. It is Tuesday. That means you get me, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And I'm here with Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner of Locked On Cardinals. Usually you get Ross, but Ross is tying the knot today. So uh, congratulations to him. Love you, buddy. Uh, Happy to be here with you, Alex. Thank you so much for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen of the day. And this episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy to be talking to you, Alex, about this absolute banger of a Monday night game. The Titans absolutely squeak one out. 34 to 31 final score in the game on a controversial decision, I think, to go for a fourth down, fourth and inches like on the goal line instead of kicking the game tying field goal. We're going to have to talk about that. We're going to have to talk about the ramifications of the AFC. The Titans are super banged up, but now they take this like commanding lead in the AFC South. There's so much to unpack about this one, but we should probably start with the end of the game which is the final decision. Sean McDermott has a fourth and we'll call it half a yard after a very cool Josh Allen leap falls just a little bit short. And uh, the the Bills decide to go for it. They're down three. They have one timeout, about 20 seconds. And instead of kicking the field goal, that would more or less certainly send the game to overtime. They decide to go for the fourth and one and ostensibly try to score a game winning touchdown on the other side of that. I don't know, Alex, what do you think about this? I mean, it's a flex that went wrong. You know, like (laughs) this is like this is a team that if they went for it on fourth down on the road on national television and they get it and they score a touchdown and they win. Oh, yeah. Even if they got the year immediately. Right. Even if they scored that, even if they got the first down, didn't mean they were going to score a touchdown. This wasn't like fourth yeah. and goal from the half yard line. They could have got a first down. So this was a full on five, you know, five or four and one team flex on the road. They were the better team. I think you kick it here. I mean, and we could talk about it. Luke, I, I mean, it's like this is you have a team on their heels, kind of the secondary all banged up by the, uh, mm-hmm. the secondary down to their played, special teamers. Yeah, played very well inside the 20. You know there were a couple deflections. They kept him off from the free uh, from the first down on third down. I I mean I think you kick it. I just think it was an all time flex that went wrong. Yeah. Okay. So I I have so many thoughts on this. A I think like if you go by all the win probability models and all the robots and stuff, they have it pretty close. I think ESPN's model had about a percentage and a half favoring go for it. Um, I think most of the things were around there where it's, you know, it's like it, the, the whole game leaning on one decision, you know, 1% or no, isn't going to influence me more than, you know, the kind of feel of the game and how do I feel my players can do it. And I mean, look, their offense was dealing, so I'm sympathetic to going for it for sure. That said, A, you have one timeout, which means you're going to have to take that timeout to stop the clock after that QB sneak. I don't love a QB sneak there without a check to go behind it. And this is where I start to criticize Josh Allen a little bit on this, who had a fantastic game other than this. But when you have a sneak and you have defensive linemen in both the A gaps, that means both of the gaps on either side of the center, you got guys 
clogging up that middle, it is going to be so hard to sneak for even a half a yard when guys are aligned. I mean, that's Jeffrey Simmons. That is no, that, you know, that ain't your grandma over there. Right. Um, so you got to be able to check out of that. And either Josh Allen didn't have a check out of the sneak, which I think is a huge coaching error, or he didn't go to the check, which is a big quarterback error. Whoever's fault that is needs to reconcile with it. Or I don't even hate taking the time out there. You don't have any timeouts to stop the clock for a field goal or whatever, but get your fourth and one play right and don't hang the game on a bad look. You know, when, when you hear, well, we took a timeout because we didn't like the way the defense was lined up. That's that timeout. You got to take that. Um, and I would much rather be in a situation where I have to scramble the field goal kicker out or something like that. Like I would take so many situations over sneaking into a clogged double a gap. That is just an auto lose like every time yeah and i mean his his legs did slip from out from underneath him but right but it's which made it all that matter but it was not gonna be no 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 but to your point he knew it wasn't gonna be there so his mind went faster than his body did and he's like i need to get to that spot before they do and it wasn't it wasn't a tom brady push over my center sneak it was a i'm going to the left side of the offensive line and get Mm -hmm. through that gap so we went directly into the the the, uh, belly of the beast when they're in shotgun now, I don't hate it as much anymore as I did. Because you think, okay, you get a running start, you can check out of it, you've got room, and then you have a running back there. So your point about a check in, uh, a check out of the of, of that play, right. there's options when you're still in shotgun. When he went under center, that was the decision that was made. Now, maybe that was a setup before, be in shotgun, make them second guess, go under center regardless, or he saw something. But I mean, if yeah. you have a running back there, like I'm not against anything on fourth and short anymore a uh a, an option a speed option to the right with zach Moss. that's what like, i was gonna say you know there's so many options except for running it up the gut even though the quickest point the quickest line or the what shortest line yeah. between two points is a straight it's line south. whatever sure, it is yeah. yeah so i mean i get both sides but they knew it was coming and this is the perfect time to do something different yeah, and and huge credit for the Titans who absolutely gut this game out despite losing multiple corners to injury, losing Julio Jones to a hamstring injury. We got to all watch uh, watch out for that now. Um and so many other things. I mean, the Titans pass rush was fantastic in this game, and that's what held Josh Allen. I know a 31-point game doesn't feel like this great defensive performance, but it kept him in the game. And the the Titans offense, you know, was able to kind of keep pace. Really, really big statement win for the Titans, who now take this commanding lead in an AFC South that is otherwise ailing. I mean, these are two teams, and the AFC East is a disaster, too, uh, outside of the Bills. These are two teams that are just running away with their divisions, and we are, like, very likely to see this deep in the playoffs again, which I'm super excited for. Well, do you think that, I mean, sure, there are two games up on the Colts right now, Tennessee is. Uh, Colts are a huge one. but, But we've seen... I think the AFC South is more in question than the AFC East. There's no question that the Bills are winning that division. They're they're on that Patriots journey for maybe the next decade. Unless Miami can figure out a quarterback situation. And if Zach Wilson ends up being good and Robert Sala knows what he's doing. I mean, it's going to be problematic and whatever with Mac Jones. But they're head and shoulders above. Like, A.J. Brown's never healthy. Julio Jones isn't ever healthy there. It's difficult to throw the ball when your only two good receivers are out. You can't give the ball to Derrick Henry 40 times a game and win. I don't know. I mean, what I've seen from the Colts, I think it's a little bit closer there than the AFC East at least. So this is a huge win for Tennessee. So Tennessee goes, let's say 500 from here on out, which is doable, right? Even with all the injuries, 500 from here on out shouldn't, no Titans fan should look at that and feel like it's not easy to do, right? Can the Colts beat 500 by two games? 
from here on out. Like that's a big deficit and there's a lot of season left. A lot of things can happen, but I don't know from what I've seen of the Colts, at least, which is basically only primetime and what you catch on red zone. So maybe I'm wrong about the Colts. Colts <laughs> fans yell at me if I'm wrong about your team, but I don't know. I didn't believe in them preseason. I certainly don't believe in them now. Uh, even after they took it to a lowly Texans team, it just feels like, especially when you steal one from the bill, like this was supposed to be one of the hardest games for the Titans and they stole it and they, and they, they earned it. And it just, I don't know, either way, I mean, these teams are making the playoffs, right? And they're going to be in the postseason and just takes a couple of good bounces, a couple of good draws of the the ping pong ball for these two teams to meet up again in January. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the AFC is a mess when it comes to the playoff picture. And we'll talk about that. Uh, But first, I have a question for you, Alex. If I wanted to do a playoffs watch party or just a Monday Night Football watch party, where should I go? Mickey D's, baby. Of course. Mickey D's. (laughs) This episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and families can connect or reconnect. I've been getting McDonald's since it was dollar six-piece chicken nuggets when Luke Braun was knee-high to a duck. And I would go there for the play for the playhouse. I would go there to see my friends. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you can always look forward to stopping, you know, on a long road trip, which I did on my way home from San Diego two days ago uh, to rest and refuel your legs. I got a soda, I got a Big Mac, and I got chicken nuggets. I'm fat, but McDonald's allows me to feel at home there. Okay, so this is what you do: you go to McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on watch party? I think Luke, you did before I started this live read. Um, <laughs> you know what you get from McDonald's. It's a place where you can hang out with friends. McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, we got the Tuesday Fantasy Forum coming up, so stick around for some waiver wire advice, some talk about bylaws and all that stuff, especially if your season is on the ropes. You're going to want to hear all this. But first, I want to talk, I guess broaden this out a little bit more to the AFC because we kind of debated a little bit about the Bills and the Titans and who's got a better shot in their division. But this AFC seems really competitive. And especially, you know, we are still getting used to the post-Tom Brady Patriots era where, you know, you would kind of have the the AFC a lot of years was just this sort of contest for who could come, who could lose to Tom Brady in the AFC championship. Um, and it feels like it's just absolutely wide open. There's so many fun teams between the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Browns. Of course, these Bills and Titans, and you've got some like frisky Raiders teams and stuff. It is such a fun conference that just feels so wide open. Going back to last year, these were the playoff teams in the AFC. The Chiefs were the one seed, Bills two seed, Pittsburgh three seed, Tennessee four seed, Ravens five seed, Cleveland six Colts seven, Dolphins eight. Yeah. So we're moving a little bit this year with a lot of different playoff teams. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea where they're going to be. Can the Chiefs win the division still? They're only one game back in the AFC West. They feel inevitable to me. They still feel, I know, I know it's weird and they've, they've yeah. got all these defensive problems and stuff and they've been throwing all these turnovers. The turnovers are going to dry up. A lot of those turnovers are unlucky. A lot of them are uncharacteristic things by Patrick Mahomes. We've seen enough Patrick Mahomes. He's going to like, they're going to figure it out. Do they win the division? I don't know. These chargers are insane. Yeah. And maybe they can, you know, maybe they can, they, they've now kind of packed away enough wins where they can do that. And winning the game against the Chiefs is obviously going to come become really really important in late december and early january when we're deciding all this but i you know and and of course you know the raiders are crazy too but like the chiefs have a hole to dig out of but i mean how many times have we seen the chiefs dig themselves out of a hole (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, twice, two games in a row, and they were down 20 points back-to-back. Houston, right. Tennessee, back-to-back, their first time they won the Super Bowl. And I mean, this is obviously a different situation, but you look at the AFC right now. There are 10 teams with three wins or less, or three three losses or less. So that's, what, five-eighths? That's 62.5% of the conference has three losses or less, which puts everybody in the playoff hunt. Like in the NFC, there's like four or five teams that you know are going to make the playoffs. You pretty much know kind of where they're going to be. Right. Four, four one-loss teams in the Cardinals are undefeated. They're most likely all going to make the playoffs, depending some, uh, regardless of... But someone's quarterback could go down. Right, right, right. Yeah. But, but the AFC, yeah, by and large, you've got your front runners and then everybody else. Yeah. And I mean, if the Bills win tonight, if the Bills would have won tonight, everything, is, everything looks different. Now it's mm-hmm. so much muddier. There's so many more things. Tennessee's more believable as a playoff team. Like... I mean, they'll get their home fun. game, right? And they'll they'll get some frisky Raiders team or maybe even a Chiefs team if the Chargers hold on or a frisky Chargers team if they don't. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they some crazy wild card team, you know, you'll get a uh I mean, you'll get this Bills team, they might get a bye, but they'll, you know, somebody's going to have to go win in Buffalo, but like as we saw, I mean, I think we saw a really big weakness in the Bills in this Monday Night Football uh, game in terms of protecting a lead when they can't just run up the score because that's the way the Bills want to do it. They 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 don't want to protect a lead and run out the clock and beat you by seven. They want to beat you by twenty one, make the clock not matter, right? But here, like that's the Josh Allen mentality right now, and that really really got them. There was a sequence with like six minutes left in that fourth quarter where Josh Allen had went for two deep shots, took a sack on first down, threw it deep to Emmanuel Sanders, incomplete, so it was a third and 17, tried to convert third and 17, stopped the clock, and it basically gave the Titans two chances to um, go down the field and score and take the lead back. Then, of course, the Bills failed on the way back, and it's one of those things where, like, well, what if they ran out the clock? What if they approached that a little bit differently? That is exactly the way you let a team back in the game. Now, look, they had a one score, like a four-point lead with six minutes left. It's not like they're going to go in a victory formation or anything, Um, but angling at a long sustained drive, you know, not three run plays and punt, but a long sustained drive instead of uh, you know, one giant 50-yard pass might have been a better shot. And I think that's on Josh Allen. He had open receivers. He could have had that that long sustained drive. Um, but that's kind of the team the Bills are. And and so I think of what about a Chiefs, you know, seven seed if they continue to struggle, but they still sneak in against a Bills in the two seed, Ravens get the one or whatever. The comeback King Chiefs versus the Bills struggling to protect the lead. Like this could be such an interesting AFC playoffs and we're so far away from it, but I can't wait. For sure. And I mean, you brought up a very, very interesting point there. There are very few teams, including the one that you cover, Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun. Mm-hmm. There are very few teams that have one running back or a cluster of running backs that can actually sus- sustain a long drive on the ground by getting first down after first down after first down. And it hit mm-hmm. close to home for me. I mean, with the Cardinals, with James Conner, that's what they did in Cleveland, where in the fourth quarter, they ran yeah. the ball. So Cleveland did that to us week four. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb and Hunt. like what Derrick Henry can do that. Look at Kansas City and Buffalo, as you mentioned. They don't have a back that they can trust giving the ball 12 times in the fourth quarter. I always go back to it. I always call them LeGarrette Blunt running backs because when he was with New England, they're up 10 points going in the fourth quarter. You better believe he's getting the ball 15 times in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They will get four yards of carry. They will get first down after first down after first down, eat up nine minutes of the clock, kick a field goal, and you're dead. There's mm-hmm. no more there's no more helpless feeling than a team down a score or two scores 
and they can't get <laughs> off the field defensively because a running back is running it down their throat. Right. And there's and, very and, few teams that can do that in the NFL still. Yeah, and, and the Titans are definitely one of them. And we yeah. should probably mention Derrick Henry, who scores three touchdowns. Is yeah. he good at football? He's, He's an optical good. illusion. I always it looks like a <laughs> like a video game frame frame rate glitch where he like his running animation goes so much slower than everybody else, but somehow he glides down the field faster and nobody can take an angle on him because you can't figure out how fast he's running. Like he's just this magical person. He's huge and he's fast and he's just like among a world of people who are only ever one or the other. He's, he's incredible. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, I don't know. These Titans have a little bit of heart. They're fun, even with Ryan Tannehill struggling. Uh, But we have fantasy to talk about. Speaking of Derrick Henry, uh, we recorded a segment before Monday Night Football, but Derrick Henry probably won you your game if you needed it uh but we have a, a segment with marcus mosher talking a little bit about waivers talking a little bit about bylaws talking about um you know we've got this kind of hellacious bye week coming up uh with a bunch of teams on by so we're going to sort through all of that with marcus mosher in just a bit yeah and uh there's some other fantasy thing that i want to talk about right now don't get your get your head out of the gutter luke braun in life we're all bound for different things uh, with beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness. Also at McDonald's, you go to McDonald's and then you go to beachbound.com. <laughs> bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, true story, or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With beachbound.com you can find the perfect uh, beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. Um, there's another thing that I'm bound for in perpetuity is the um, – I'm pretty much illiterate when it comes to cars. I can't read things mm. nor write about them, and uh, rockauto.com has got me covered there. Um, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your – chain storefront shop to keep everything you need in stock all the time that's why they upcharge you and uh rockauto.com allows you to circumvent the whole thing you don't have to go to a chain storefront you don't have to ask questions you don't have to look around like you don't know what the hell you're doing like i don't go to rockauto.com their prices are reliably low they're a family-owned business that's been online for 20 years you go into the search box you say paint and then you look for the color that you want and you're making model and then you hit deliver and boom, it's at your doorstep. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts at those darn chain storefronts when rockauto.com has everything you need? Go to rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, LeBron. Rockauto.com. All right, everybody, let's keep it going here. It is the Tuesday Fantasy Forum here on the Locked On NFL Podcast on Tuesday here with Alex Clancy, of course, and Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter joining us to talk a little bit of fantasy. So let's start with a little bit of recap of last week. Uh, what, what, Who are the big players that we should all be proud of if they were on our team? Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor. Uh, now, only if you saw the second half of Jonathan Taylor because in the first half of that game against the Texans, he had a grand total of three touches, and then he had did anybody an yard watch? run. Yeah, did anybody just, see it? I, I have no idea what was going on there. And <laughs> Jonathan Taylor scores in a forest, and no one's around to hear. Does <laughs> no, it still count for it, six right? in the yards? Yeah, exactly. Nobody saw it, uh, and then he had a huge play to start the second half. And now he's, you know, we were talking about this in the Locked On Dynasty show. So make sure you guys check that out. Shameless plug. 
is there any other running back you would rather have the rest of the season than than Jonathan Taylor? Maybe Derrick Henry, maybe Austin Eckler, but that's just about it. Jonathan Taylor has been phenomenal the last two weeks. I kind of envisioned the Colts riding him over the, the final 10, 11 games of the season. There's a team that you love watching. They've kind of turned into a version of the New Orleans Saints from years ago where it was damn if you do, damn if you don't with Marcus Colston, Robert Meacham, et cetera, with Drew Brees, pick your poisons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you've got your studs. You've got Tom Brady, obviously, and then Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. It's just kind of you're going to start the guys that you that you drafted and hope that they're the guy that week or they're one of the two guys that week or is there a hierarchy? Let's let's just like to wide receivers. Is there sure. a hierarchy there? Yeah, I mean, I think there is. I think Antonio Brown is a clear-cut wide receiver one there. Wild. He's had at least seven receptions in the last three games. Nine for 93 in a score last week. The, the previous week, seven for 124 and two touchdowns. I think he's like a low-end wide receiver one the rest of the season. I think Chris Goblin is the next one that you want. And then poor Mike Evans. I I, yeah. I still think he's the best receiver on this team. But he's I think he's getting back it in. Yeah, I, I think, think defenses are paying a receiver. lot of attention to him. And, yes. and and eventually that'll turn around as defenses go, wow, Antonio Brown did so much, and they'll start paying more attention to him. Right, but Brown, I mean, Godwin, it, and then the opportunities come. At least last year, Mike Evans was the touchdown guy. It was first and goal from the three. He was getting the fade route. He was getting all those all those uh, touchdowns at the end, but it doesn't seem like that this year. Antonio Brown's just, you're right. It's Brown's the most consistent of the three options. He's just going to get the targets week in and week out. But again, if you have Mike Evans, if you have Chris Godwin, there's no way that you can put them on your bench because this is a Tom Brady offense that could be the one in the top three in points scored per game. So... You're going to have to live with the ebbs and flows of the seasons, the 20-point games, the five-point games. Ultimately, I think it's going to work out. Yeah. Well, so no matter how good a draft you have at the beginning of the season, you get to this point, the bye weeks are starting, the injuries have piled up. Sometimes your team is just kaput. I say this from experience. <laughs> I've got a, I got a season that's on the ropes here, mm-hmm. and I got to know, if I'm, if I'm going to make a desperation trade and I'm going to look for some buy lows, who should I be targeting right now? Yeah, I think a really good one is Darren Waller at the tight end position. He had the okay. monster uh, week one game against the Ravens, 10 catches for 105 yards. Since then, it's been eh. He hasn't had a game over 65 yards. He hasn't had a game with more than five receptions since week one. So I think there's some owners out there that have Darren Waller that might be panicking, might be trying to move him for somebody else because they're just not sold in this Raiders offense. Waller's good. He's going to find ways to be productive. Derek Carr still trusts him. The schedule gets really, really easy over the next two months with games against the Giants, Kansas City, uh, Dallas's defense. Go out, make some offers for for uh, for Darren Waller because I'm sure you can get him at a discounted price right now. As a guy who lost, who got Mark Andrews uh, last week, I lost my <laughs> .08 point in the Monday night. He was a, you know, Rough. it was a. Yeah, but it's a, it, it was a you story that happened it. to a lot of people. I'm two and four. I've got some really good players in one of my teams. What what are some guys that the opposite of what Luke was talking about, where it's like, you know what? Gut it out with these people. These You drafted these people on purpose. You're going to start them every week. And this is kind of like DK Metcalf is a very interesting mm-hmm. one. You know, what with storms are we weathering? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like DK Metcalf was the guy I thought of when I brought this conversation up. It's like, you're not trading DK Metcalf, right? 
<laughs> that one's really interesting because man, yeah. I don't trust Gino Smith at all. And I don't think anybody should. So I think there's a chance you could trade him now and still get close to what you paid for him uh, in the draft because it's DK Metcalf. He's going to find ways to be productive. That's one I think I might consider trading. I got one. How about Justin Jefferson? Now, Justin Jefferson has been fine this year. He really, he hasn't had a bad game yet. He's never had a game under 65 yards. He does have three touchdowns. But in a lot of leagues, he was like the second or third receiver drafted. I think if if somebody's going to give you an insane offer for him, that's fine. But just wait. He'll be fine. He's still getting a ton of targets. I think 14 Justin in the last week. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's fine. Like he had games or he had targets in this last game against the Panthers where very easily could have been touchdowns. I think you just need to be patient. He'll be okay. Music to my ears. So uh, let's wrap this up with waiver wire. What do we got? Uh, Who's out there that might be available in a lot of leagues that we might be able to uh, pick up? Yeah. So first and foremost, this is a really buy heavy week. We've got six teams on buy. The slate for week seven is awful. So if you want to earn some brownie points with your, with your significant other, Go to apple picking, go to a pumpkin patch, whatever. <laughs> it's an awful, awful Time to spend time with the family. <laughs> because I promise you, you're not going to be missing much. However, let's get back to what matters, fantasy football. Uh, I think <laughs> I think Demetric Felton. Not Felt, your loved ones. Right? Yeah. Uh, Demetric <laughs> Felton, um, the Browns running back, kind of a running back wide receiver combo. No Kareem Hunt this week. Probably no Nick Chubb. I think he's going to get a lot of work. I think he's the guy that's going to be number one on your waiver priorities this week. Excellent. Man, I didn't realize both of the Browns guys were going to be out. It's rough. It's rough. Even even with Denver coming up on Thursday night, huh? Yeah, Denver's not good on defense at all. Like, I think they got fooled a little bit in the first couple weeks because of their schedule, but they got ran all over by the Steelers, and the Steelers put up like 400 yards on them. The Raiders just carved through their defense in Denver. I think Felton is a, a really strong RB2 this week. Fantastic stuff. Marcus, thank you so much for uh, coming by, giving us a little bit of fantasy advice. Of course. Enjoy apple picking on uh, Sunday, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, thank you all so much for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. They're also doing the national angle here on the Locked On Podcast Network daily podcast, just like this one with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson doing an awesome job over there tomorrow of course is wednesday that means we got power rankings you get james rapine and tony wiggins talking about everything always a great time with those two guys for alex clancy i am luke braun and we'll see y'all tomorrow here on the locked on nfl podcast part of the locked on podcast network free on all platforms